When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Two way to play fantasy. Today's episode is brought to you by Flex Fantasy, and they want me to relay a message to you that they have cracked open the game of fantasy football to all. When you sign up for a free account and download the Flex Fantasy app, you can import all your teams from all your leagues across multiple platforms that you play on. Spice up your fantasy playing experience by challenging league mates or strangers off the street to a fantasy matchup no matter how or where they play. And put your money where your mouth is by placing a wager on your head-to-head matchup. It doesn't matter if you are on Yahoo and your opponent is on Sleeper. You can import your teams to Flex Fantasy to face off. You can even make wagers on who you think will win between other challenges besides your own. So sign up for a free account and download the app and try it out at flex. This is the MD Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. Well, welcome back into the MD's Fantasy Football Show, and thanks for tuning in live on our YouTube channel. Subscribe if you have not done so already. Now we get notified whenever we have new content available to you. And you can stay up to date with the show while you're on the go by downloading us on your favorite podcast app. And give us that five-star review because it really does help us out. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater. I know what you're thinking. It's supposed to be the Tuesday night show. Where's where's the normal title? Where's the primetime recap? My heroes and zeros my and waiver saviors. Well, we had some scheduling conflicts that we knew that were going to arise on Monday. And typically speaking, we would record this show right after the Monday night game. So that way we could recap the primetime matchups of Sunday night and Monday games. Unfortunately, you know, things happen this time of year. People get busy and some things just can't be helped. And I don't want to take away content from you guys. But unfortunately, the only way we're going to do any kind of a show and the most important part of the show is the waiver savior segment. Today's show is just going to be my heroes and zeros of week 13. So we, we, we're still going to make sure I'm holding myself accountable with my right and wrong calls of the week. And then we have the waiver saviors for this episode. So it's going to be a short episode, probably less than a half hour, most likely. But that's why it's a little bit different here today. If anything of significance, of course, happens injury-wise, we'll post it out on our social media feeds at Show. Anything else that we need, any notes that we need to take with us heading into next week? We learn something new about the rotations of either one of these matchups from any one of these four teams. We'll talk about that during the clairvoyant 
Thursday episode and during the Look Ahead Wednesday episode, our two preview episodes for that. We'll make sure we mention those notes if need be there. Again, I don't like taking away content from you guys, but this week it could not be helped. So please bear with us. We still have some really great gems for all of you here today. Like I said, the waiver saviors is week 14. It's the last week of the regular season. We got to know how to get better because your trade deadlines at this point surely have passed no matter what league you are in. So this is the only thing we have to get better on. But let's go ahead and kick it off with my heroes and zeros of the week. Dan's heroes and zeros. Yeah, as always, there's always a lot of right and wrong calls, but you know, this week in particular, I felt like I kind of fell in the in-between slot. Where it was like there were some guys I was wrong on. There were some guys I was right on, but not too right, not too wrong. Which, uh, honestly speaking, as a projector, as a ranker, that's what you're kind of going for. Basically meaning you're in the range with almost every player. That's kind of what we're going for. So all, all in all, I actually felt like I had a pretty good week, even if I wasn't spot on the money on everybody or it wasn't but I wasn't totally wrong on everybody either. It was, it was a pretty good week overall, I have to say. But of course, like every week there's still right and wrong calls. So let's talk about our quarterback heroes of the week. Quarterback heroes. Our number 2 hero for the quarterback position is in a, a negative way for him but a positive way for us and that was Deshaun Watson. So I was well below the ECR when it came to Deshaun Watson. I couldn't understand why people were ranking him in a capacity of which you would expect to play him as a low-end QB1, a guy who basically has not played football in 2 years going against Houston Texans which yes, it's not a matchup you're afraid of, but what's been the pattern against the Houston Texans? They get dominated by the opponent's run game and their defense. Why would that be any different against the Cleveland Browns? And even though the running game didn't actually dominate the game, the defense did, special teams did, in such a way where offensively they didn't have to do anything. And what does that lead to? Passing attacks, not putting up big prolific numbers, even though the match is not necessarily that scary because, well, there's no reason to do so. And that's exactly what we saw here this week. So Deshaun Watson was not top 12 play, and hopefully – He's not top 12 play for you at all until he shows otherwise. I'm not at the point where I'm dropping him because if you picked him up, if you drafted him for this point in the season, you're not going to drop him just after one game. Or at least you shouldn't anyway. If you were believe enough in that investment, you should stick with it at least for more than one matchup. But until we see something different heading into next week, he certainly shouldn't be in many starting lineups out there either. So we were right on Deshaun Watson not being a low in QB1 this week. Quarterback zeros. Our number two quarterback, zero. I mean, everybody was kind of wrong about this player, but I was a little bit surprised. Josh Allen, you know, not being the QB1, not only not being the QB1, but not being a top 12 quarterback. I mean, that that's a huge thing when he comes with Josh Allen. He's not just a good quarterback, which is always a key cog within your line to begin with. He is one of your home run hitters. If you are in the playoff race, or if you are looking like you are going to make it, despite what happens here, you have been leaning on him to be one of the guys who carries you. So when he has a dub performance in a pivotal part of the season like this, it leaves you disappointed, and it could have cost you. And what's more surprising about it is that while, yes, there was some quarterbacks like Mahomes, like Jalen Hurts, like Burrow, who had better matchups on paper, but the reason why Josh Allen continued to be the number one it's because of his legs. And the Patriots being the one of the worst defenses against mobile quarterbacks so far this season. You thought this was going to be a slam dunk contest. He didn't wind up running that much. 
didn't have to wind up doing too much offensively in a hole. And that's p- partly part of the problem is Patriots is an offense really couldn't put much pressure on the bills. And as a result, Josh Allen kind of does it out and winds up being a bad call for us to making him the QB one of the week. Quarterback heroes. Sort of mentioned his name in passing while, you know, talking about Josh Allen there, but Jalen hurts, man. I have him as my QB two of the week ahead of Patrick Mahomes, ahead of Joe Burrow, ahead of all those guys who've been so good so far this season. And everybody's like, well, against Tennessee, the defense have been playing a little bit better. Like maybe he shouldn't be the number two overall. And I was like, false. Kept pointing it out. The secondary is suspect now that it is banged up and injured. And I knew AJ Brown was going to have a big game. That usually leads to Jalen Hurts having a big game in his own right. Number one quarterback of the week. Nailed it. Love Jalen Hurts all the time. Quarterback zeros. Hopefully you guys can hear me right now. If you're on the podcast, you're not missing anything, but uh on the video for some reason it just it just cut out on me. So hopefully we'll be able to get this thing back on track in just a minute. If not, I'm gonna give here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna give my quarterback zero. We might have to hit a quick break to try to get this worked out. But Trevor Lawrence. I had him as a QB nine heading into this week. And what happens? Oh, totally duds out. I said he had one of his career changing light bulb went off performances against the Baltimore Ravens when they went 28 to 27, going in against a smash matchup against the Detroit Lions and a game I thought could potentially be a shootout. The Lions had their fair share. They scored 40 points, but Trevor Lawrence duds it out. He did pick up an injury. I do think that had something to do with it. Also something to watch here. I don't know how much I believe in it, but I will have to say over the last three weeks, the Detroit Lions defense has been surprisingly tough against really good opponents. So maybe something to look out for. Maybe we don't have as high expectations for now. We'll see exactly what happens. But Trevor Lawrence, I do think better days are ahead. But I was very confident on him as a top 10 quarterback, and he did not produce. So that is definitely one of my wrong calls of the week. Before we get to the running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends, we're going to try to get this technical issue with the camera worked out real fast. So we're going to take a quick break, come back on the other side, and wrap this thing up. So everybody stay tuned to the MD Saints football show. We'll be back right after this. Welcome to Fresh Ball Fall. It's the season of pumpkin spice and making sure your crotch looks nice. That means sipping cider in a fall breeze and using Manscaped products to trim your balls with ease. That's right. Today's show is brought to you by Manscaped, a company here to make sure that your foliage isn't the only thing shedding its excess leaves. Heck, even Mother Nature knows it's time to lose the excess clutter for fall. Join the 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping when you use the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY. Whether you're brand new or already with us at Manscaped, you can use the crown jewel of care for your family jewels. The Platinum Package 4.0. This glorious package, you can align your entire hygiene routine all in one swoop. Inside the 10-part Platinum Package is everything you know and love about the Performance Package, plus some shower goodies included to elevate your grooming game to platinum. You can now completely upgrade your shower routine with the Ultra Premium Body Wash and Ultra Premium 2-in-1 Shampoo and Conditioner. 
You'll have your You'll skin have your and hair skin feeling hair hydrated and smelling fresh. smelling fresh. Don't forget don't to apply the aluminum-free ultra-premium deodorant. And don't worry, don't worry. It's not pumpkin it's spice. Not pumpkin it's a cologne-quality fragrance. fragrance. Get the platinum package this fall. These products are guaranteed to be hits for your dangly bits. Go to manscaped.com and get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. You use the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY. Manscaped, clear out the leaves. It's your tree trunks time to shine. This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. Okay, we're back and uh, the camera's working. So we're back at it right now. Thank you for bearing with me through that. Where were we? Oh, that's right. We're talking about the running back heroes in zero. So let's hit that drop here. Running back heroes. Oh, Josh Jacobs. I will never lose faith in thee. How does my RB3 for the week? And some people had him a little bit lower. Again, question. Oh, it's a calf injury. He's, it's got to hinder him somehow, some way, right? Eh, wrong. 26 carries. It doesn't matter. Josh Jacobs a beast. He always has to be at least inside the top three, if not the number one running back overall, because that is what he is right now. And Josh Jacobs, just one of my heroes. The, nothing can stop this man at the moment. I thought I thought maybe there was there was a part of me that thought about moving him down a hair. Just on the off chance that because they play on the Thursday game, would they use him as much as they are in Nope, 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 nope. That did not matter. And now I have no I have no fear they're not gonna just use him up again Thursday, because who cares at this point? Running back zeros. On the flip side, I should have moved Derrick Henry down a few spots. Now, granted, it wasn't until very late in the week that we found out that Jordan Davis would in fact be active. But as soon as I heard that on Sunday, because I update the rankings all throughout the weekend on BillyFantasySports.com. I should have known right away Derrick Henry was going to have probably a rougher day. This Philadelphia Eagles defense, especially the run defense, is almost impossible. I don't care who you are if Jordan Davis is on the field. That's that's just how just how it breaks down. Sorry, but that's how it goes. I don't care if you're the king. Even you get limited sometimes. And Derrick Henry coming in as a top four back for me this week. Ooh, just completely dead out. I should have probably moved him down to six or at least behind McCaffrey knowing those surgical situation, and I did not do that. So my bad there, not taking that more seriously as I should. Running back heroes. Christian McCaffrey. I was ahead of the ECR on this one. I kept saying, look, no Elijah Mitchell. So already he's going to be guaranteed at least a few extra carries. And I called it too. I said Jordan Mace was only going to get six to eight carries. I was like, he's not going to have the same role in Elijah Mitchell. And he got seven. So I, I nailed that one as well. And that I what I didn't anticipate was Jimmy Garoppolo getting injured, which puts Brock Purdy out there, which just means it's just more, it's just even more check down city, basically, for Christian McCaffrey by the end of the day. No fear, no worries. McCaffrey's still an RB1. And now with Devo Samuel consistently being banged up, and like I said, Jimmy Garoppolo out of the picture. We know Elijah Mitchell's out of the picture for the rest of the season, too. The touches are going to have to be there for McCaffrey because they're going to have to lean on him now to win games. There's no more just we're going to have to wait and see and, you know, try. we're trying to save him for the playoffs and the Super Bowl run. Uh-uh. Because now you're in the middle of a very contested NFC playoff hunt, a very contested NFC West division. 
And now you're going to have to lean on guys like Christian McCaffrey to make those plays because the quarterback is going to be a super shortcoming over these last half week of the season. So I have no fear here, and he becomes a hero for me again this week. Running back zeros. Really, Nick Chubb? I ranked him as the number one running back. And I thought he would have a Derrick Henry-like day against Houston Texans. Where Derrick Henry, he rushes for 200 yards every time he plays the Texans. An all-time bad rush defense. Again, which I knew Deshaun Watson was going to be able to do a whole lot. He gets his chance to against a great matchup to just run all over them. A guy who's been on fire. A guy who's usually unstoppable. When you look at the box score, you see 80 yards. You think to yourself, well, it's not a terrible day. But it is when you're Nick Chubb and you don't catch the ball and you don't score and you only get 80 yards against the freaking Houston Texans. That's a disappointing day. Ugh. I have us the number one running back of the week. I was higher than the ECR because I was just like, look, he's going he's gonna, he's gonna to smash. I was totally wrong. Completely wrong. Ugh. All right, let's talk about our wide receiver heroes. Wide receiver heroes. <laughs> Devontae Adams comes to my number two. Now I know. Why is like why is he your number two? He's the number one receiver on the week. And I ranked him as the number one receiver on the week. But he was also number one receiver a week for a lot of people. So I'm not trying to sit here and take too much credit for a guy that a lot of people were on as the top guy hitting into the week and he performed as such. But it's difficult to do. I mean, predicting these wide receivers, especially at the top, has not panned out very consistently this season. It's been a bit more of a roller coaster than we expected. And Adams was coming off of a I guess a, a kind of disappointing game the week before with seven catchers, 70 yards, and no touchdowns with the streak that he had been on up until that point. We had no concerns here. We know what Devontae Adams is in his role right now with this Raiders offense, the way they're clicking. It's just surrounding two players. Yeah, love Devontae Adams. Nailed at the number one spot there. Wide receiver zeros. Yeah, so T. Higgins, he scores a touchdown, so he saves the fantasy day. But I've ranked him in front of Jamar Chase, and that was probably a mistake. Like, my process, I feel like, was still sound. Okay, like, Jamar Chase, first game back, it's an injury that seems to have not a low-level risk of re-injury at the very least. And you thought to yourself, like, well, okay, fine, his snap count might be limited, but maybe he's out there, tries to be more of a decoy. Maybe they look to try to feature T. Higgins more. Utilize him since he's been healthy and he's been good. Nope. You should never, ever, 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 when both healthy, rank T. Higgins ahead of Jamar Chase. Not to say that he won't ever finish in front of Jamar Chase when they're both healthy, but you should just never rank T. Higgins ahead of Jamar Chase because Jamar Chase, while T. Higgins is good, Jamar Chase is on a different level, man. And Joe Burrow loved having his best friend back. That was very obvious on the field. So that was my bad for not just Ranking Chase ahead of T. Higgins this past week. Wide receiver heroes. This is why this is my number one on the week. I was a little bit higher than the ECR was on Garrett Wilson. There's no way in my mind, with the way Mike White throws the ball, and the way Garrett Wilson is getting featured, and the matchup that he had against Minnesota, there's no way in my mind we weren't talking about at least a high-end wide receiver, too. And, and while everybody was excited about him, I was still more excited than the majority of you out there. Nailed the call. Eight catches, 163 yards. The only thing he didn't do is score. Big day out of him. Garrett Wilson made me look very good this past week. Wide receiver zeros. 
this wide receiver made me look really bad because I was I wasn't just like a little bit ahead of ECR. I was way ahead of ECR on this one. Van Jefferson, I had him ranked inside my top 36. That was bad, 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 bad. I even got what I wanted, too. I said, if John Wolford starts, I think Van Jefferson with no Allen Robinson around and T. Higby, his, you know, his Tyler Higby, excuse me, being really kind of a man missing in action as of late because they need him to block so much lately. I thought for sure Van Jefferson could get you maybe seven, eight targets, maybe five receptions, maybe a touchdown. No. It was my mistake for thinking that anything in this Rams offense could potentially be trusted from a fantasy football standpoint. That was my bad, my mistake. I should have known better, and I led you guys astray on that one. Tight end heroes. I said this during the Sunday Fun Day recap that the whole like boom, like thumpers and bummers section that we have when we recap players, when it came to the tight ends, that had to be used pretty loosely when it came to the the thumper section. <laughs> Everybody could be could be claimed a bummer, frankly, at the tight end position this past week. Uh, it needs to be used loosely again here when we talk about tight end heroes and tight end zeros. Just just to be clear, but for argument's sake. I did have Gerald Everett ranked as the tight end seven, and he finished inside the top seven of tight ends this past week, even though it wasn't a gaudy stat line by any stretch of the means. He still got the job done and got you the value that you were looking for amongst the others relative to the position. So that's the whole thing about rankings. It is where do you have guys valued at relative to their position? And I happen to nail that one, even though outside of that, you look at his performance in a box score, <laughs> didn't really make you feel that good, but. Hey, you know what? Compare the rest of the tight ends. It actually was. Tight end zeros. Yeah, so I had Foster Moreau ranked inside my top eight. And again, I was just going for touchdown. And he did miss a little bit of a chunk of this game. He was getting evaluated for concussion, which he did clear and actually came back into the game, something we don't see happen very often anymore. But I had him as my tight end eight. He only gets one catch for 32 yards. That didn't make me feel very good because it means I let other people down. I do apologize for that, but the volatility at the position has been, ugh, it's been absolutely brutal. And when he's playing against the Chargers, who have been letting up touchdowns to tight ends like they're candy, it was hard not to rank him inside that top 10. But that was my bad for thinking you could trust anything outside of Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams for the Raiders. Tight end heroes. Yeah, I was ahead of the ECR on this one. It didn't, didn't seem like people had the confidence that I did that Justin Fields being back meant Cole Komet go back to being the feature target. Look, we haven't seen Chase Claypool really blossom here, and Darnell Mooney was out. So in my mind, there was no question about who was the number one target coming into the game. It's going to be called Komet, and that will remain to be true when they come out of the bye week. Unfortunately, Chicago is one of the teams that is on bye come week 14, but Cole Komet, in the meantime, you have to hold on to him, and he is a top 12 tight end in my book. The rest of the way, we ranked him as such, and that was a good call by us there. Tight end zeros. It's always a roller coaster with George Kittle. And there was definitely some, you know, extenuating circumstances here. Jimmy Garoppolo getting hurt very early on in the game, for instance. But if he doesn't take advantage of the teams that are amongst the worst against tight ends like Miami is, it kind of makes you feel like, when can you play this dude? And we thought we had hope because when he played against the Arizona Cardinals, he had a big game, had two touchdowns, was utilized. He wasn't looked at in this game. He's been such a roller coaster all year, but frankly, at this point, we're talking about one good game for every four to five played. 
I don't know how you can trust him. And his talent, it's hard to rank him any by anything less than a top five tight end any given week. And when you compare him to the rest of the tight end position where it's completely volatile and putrid anyway to begin with, he'll probably continue to still be inside my top 10. But I got to start looking at the days of him no longer being inside the top five because you can't trust anything. You are just closing your eyes and hoping and praying when it comes to George Kittle at this point. And my bad for any having any kind of confidence, frankly, he would come through this time around. Ugh. Well, that's going to do it for our tight end heroes and zero. So let's dive right in to those waiver saviors and we can move on to week 14. Waiver saviors. I love it when we can move on to the next week. You put everything else behind you. But this week, it's the last week of your fantasy football regular season. Many of you, no doubt, will be in a do or die, you're already in playoff mode situation where you have to win to even have a chance to get in. Maybe not even necessarily locked to get in, but a chance to get in. Some of you may be volleying for who gets in first place and gets those first round buys, depending on how your league is set up. Whatever the case may be. If you're one of the really, really lucky few, maybe you're looking at this week and say, hey, I got first place or I have a playoff spot locked down. I'm already looking and playing ahead for week 15, maybe week 16, if you had a really good season, which hopefully, if you've been listening to this show, you're more amongst the top, or at least in the playoffs anyway, than not, I would hope so. So it, we have a little bit of a little bit for everybody, but the waiver savior segment this week is really, really light because of where we're at in the season. I don't sit there and just rank guys for the sake of ranking guys when it comes to the waiver wire. There's a lot of shows out there who will talk about guys because they have this quota, I guess, to have to rank eight or ten guys at each position. So they try to make this argument. If you're in you know, the 16-team league and you know he's got the, you, your options and maybe this guy has a chance to score. Like It's a lot of like grasping at straws all around you. And I'm just sitting there, I'm like, that player that you're just naming there because you feel obligated to do so, I guess, is no different than other 20 players around him who all stink. I don't do that on this show. I'm only going to talk about guys who are, one, widely available amongst the major platforms on average, less than 50%, and two, actually matter, actually could do something for your fantasy football teams in some kind of significant way. Because anybody outside of that is just like, it's just fodder. It's just, okay, if you yes, if you're on some extenuating circumstances and some crazy deep leagues, you're probably looking at players that nobody else is. Very few and far between the people in those type of situations, and I'll tailor to them in this segment because I want to talk about guys that might actually help your teams, might actually change things. So we're gonna probably get through this pretty quickly. Let's start off with the quarterbacks. I got two. Jared Goff, his performance last week against Jacksonville Jaguars, and the performance of Detroit in their offense in general, the past few weeks, cannot be ignored. And we can have some confidence that they're getting closer, trending closer to what we saw in the beginning of the season, where guys like Jared Goff, depending upon the matchup and where he's playing, can be considered a streaming option. There's six teams on by this week. It is very likely Jared Goff, I haven't done my rankings yet, obviously, we're too early in the week, but... It's very likely he'll either be in or very close to my top 12 area. So Jared Goff likely could be a low in QB1 this week. Another guy who could be in that territory as well 
and is worth picking up and is available everywhere because nobody owned him. Tyler Huntley. We know Lamar Jackson's likely to miss this week. How much after that? We're not 100% sure, but it could be, it, it very well may be more than just one week that Lamar Jackson's missing. We'll have to see exactly what happens. If you've been streaming quarterbacks anyway, let's say you were streaming Deshaun Watson and he had a disappointing performance. Now you feel like you're back to the drawing board on streaming quarterbacks. Well, Tyler Huntley, while it may never be anything special, we do know that the offense doesn't change drastically when he's in at quarterback because he is incredibly mobile and that's what he leans on. And in fact, in some ways, he looks to take off and run even more than Lamar does. And as a result for fantasy, he gives you a really nice floor. And if he gets you two touchdowns passing, that's like a cherry on top. And all of a sudden, he's inside the top 10 with that kind of performance. So Tyler Huntley, in my opinion, should be the number one picked up quarterback if you're in a position of needing one this week and can help out your teams. But that's all I got for quarterback. Everybody else is either a dud or you want nothing to do with it or just the same as anybody else you might have available to you. So let's move on to the running backs, of which I only have three. Not a ton of injuries at the running back position, number one. Six teams on bye again. Let's remember that. And not a lot of running backs are going to make a big impact for you. And you're this part of the season. We're no longer on the, like, you know, uh, while, while I still think you should probably own Alexander Madison, like this week, if you have Dalvin Cook and guys like that, we're not on the grab those lotto tickets, wait for the long haul type of guys, because you need people, almost no matter what situation you're in, to help you now. That's what you need. Like I said, unless you're in that really unique position where you're like, I'm locked in for the playoffs or I'm locked in for first place and I'm already I'm already playing for week 15, 16, then maybe you can look a little more long-term. But for the most part, you're not in that situation. So I'm not going to waste people's times here. There's three guys that are less than 50% owned on average on the major platforms that can help teams out and are worth picking up. Number one, Zonovan Knight. He's 38% owned on average. Zonovan Knight, even if Michael Carter does return this week, which is a possibility. What we got proven to us last week is that James Robinson, nope. It's likely that if Michael Carter is active this week, James Robinson will be inactive again. He's not sniffing that role anymore. It's Zonovan Knight's role. The early down work, goal line carries, that thunder back, that's now Zonovan Knight the rest of the way. It definitely ain't James Robinson. I can tell you that much. So 38% owned, Zonovan Knight, a top 36 running back likely in most situations. And this week in particular, might be sniffing around top 24, especially Michael Carter misses. So he should be on your list. Jared McKinnon, especially full-point PPR leagues. 27% owned on average. Was out there, was healthy. He looked pretty good. He scored this past week. Again, another guy who will consistently be hovering around or inside that top 36 and be played as a flex play. Because while Pacheco's looked good and he scored touchdowns and he's going to lead the way in carries, that's that's all fine. And Danny, you don't need Jerry McKinnon to do that because Jerry McKinnon's the only guy who's involved in the passing game. And this past week, Ronald Jones didn't even touch the ball. After it looked like he might be annoyingly involved to some degree, he wasn't even involved at all. I think Andy Reid's starting to realize, you know what? I got a good thing going with this two-man committee here. As long as Jerry McKinnon's healthy, when there's been some issues with his hamstring, but he was able to get through that game without any reported setbacks, I think you continue to play him as a flex play. Like I said, especially in full-point PPR leagues. And my third, but certainly not least, running back of this group, and I probably would take him over at least Jerry McKinnon. I don't know if I'd take him over Zonovan Knight or not, but 
I would at least take him over Jeremy McKinnon and potentially over Zonovan Knight. James Cook, 25% owned, played more than Devin Singletary, outcarried Devin Singletary. And it's still a little bit shaky because we know there's going to be games where the running backs just get left out entirely. And they still have Singletary in goal line situations. They still have Singletary as the guy to close out games and be the one to take more of the brunt hit. But James Cook has been consistently getting more playing time each of the past couple of weeks. And he is explosive. He's never going to be the bell cow guy. He's too small. He does, he's not built for that, that role. But in this offense, if he can start leading the way and start cutting in the Singletary and start getting a little bit of separation from him, we know he's got the ability to hit the big play. And we know this offense will move the ball pretty consistently. And James Cook, a very interesting flex play here the rest of the way, especially as they've been leaning a little bit more on the run as it's gotten colder, a little bit less on Josh Allen, I think partially saving him for the playoffs. James Cook. Starting to look real interesting and does have potential for pop. So there's potential for more to make this thing kind of kind of cool. Kind of cool. James Cook, good pickup this week. Let's move into the wide receivers. And they got four wide receivers who are worth a damn. Traylon Burks being one of them. Now, here's the catch with Traylon Burks. He had the concussion issue. We know that when today's NFL, at least this season anyway, Guys are not necessarily coming back the following week from concussions. We'll see how this plays out, but there is a decent chance he would miss week 14. However, if you think you're going to make the playoffs, or if you don't necessarily need him this week and have a good chance to make the playoffs, Traylon Burks is still a guy I want to have for that race as a wide receiver three, as potential flex play. He's been taking over that role. Go get Traylon Burks. He had 47%. I still can't believe he's not over 50% at this point. Go get Traylon Burks. Another guy who's maybe not necessarily for right now, but I still like him during the playoff race, as long as the quarterback situation can handle itself at some point, and that's DPJ. Now, hopefully, your league is smart and actually allows a special team touchdown scored by the player to be counted as six points for the player. Because that's just fair. I can't believe how many people out there have players that get punt return touchdowns and don't get credited for them. It's ridiculous. But Don Peebles-Jones, 44%. Oh, now, I liked him a lot more a couple of weeks ago because now we have to play the wait-and-see game, right? Like, you can't play him this week with any lick of confidence because after what we just saw Deshaun Watson, (laughs) he couldn't hit anybody. Couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. So until that looks a little bit better, you can't be uber confident about what you're going to get out of him. And he won't be inside my top 36 most likely this week as a result to that. But if Watson's able to shake off the rust quickly, Donald Peoples-Jones still has big play, win your league type of potential if Watson gets back and playing to himself, let's say, in a week or two. So interesting guy there. Again, more for the people who are playing the longer game for the playoff race. Now for this this week, we got to take a look at Michael Gallup, 44% owned. And while we are recording this towards the end of the Sunday game, we've already seen Michael Gallup get two touchdowns. <laughs> and he's been getting more involved finally. He's been looking healthier. It takes a while with these guys. Like the ACL injuries, they can't come back and just be 100% themselves. And it's usually not just like a couple of weeks. It's usually like a month. Six weeks into the season, six weeks into the back in action, we started seeing him actually turn a corner, a la, you know, Chris Godwin. And now we're starting to see it with Michael Gallup. 
it's still risky. And don't get me twisted because number one target CD Lamb, and it sounds like the Dallas Cowboys are in fact going to sign OBJ, which doesn't affect Gallup right away. It will probably affect him towards the very maybe championship week of the season type of deal. Well, Gallup right now trending in the right direction. If you need a wide receiver who at least has touchdown potential, he's your guy right now. Last but not least is Darius Slayton. He came to this game ill. He didn't practice much, but there's nobody else for the Giants to go to. So when Daniel Jones does throw the ball up, he's the only one who can make the play right now. He's the only one they got. And he's been producing at a very nice, solid rate over the past couple of weeks. I don't see why it slows down. It's not like anybody's going to come in and take his opportunities away. What you have to worry about is Daniel Jones completely sucking a game, which, which of course can happen. But And maybe against the Philadelphia Eagles, I don't know how much you want to take that chance. But if anybody's going to do anything in the passing game, it's going to have to be Darius Slayton. It's going to have to be. That does it for the wide receivers. Wasn't a strong group. Tight ends, of course, is not a strong group. <laughs> Greg Dolchich, uh, he's got to be back on the radar. And I will say this, oddly enough, when Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton are both on the field, it does seem to be when Greg Dolchich has his better value and puts up his better games. When they get matched up on by the opposing secondary, and then Russell Wilson just uses Greg Dolchich to give him a safe floor. Who actually wound up being the number one tight end this past week? Don't ask me how. Now with 80 yards and five catches. It's hard. To, I don't really want to put my stamp on any tight ends, period. Unless you're Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, I don't want to put my stamp on you. But we have to talk about somebody because there's no doubt going to be people out there looking for tight ends. What's on the waiver wire? Give me something. Who has hope? Well, you know what? Great Dolchich at least gives you hope he might do something because he has the talent to do so. And then this other guy who's just on my zero list, and I just got done saying how much I don't really want to trust him. But Foster Moreau, 48%. He's the only other tight end who's less than 50% on the waiver wire, who I believe has a pulse and a chance to be a top 12 guy any given week if he finds the end zone. So that's the best I can offer you. It's the best I can offer you. It's brutal. At this point in the season, hopefully, though, your rosters are consolidated. No more waiting for lotto tickets at the end of your bench who have no purpose. Free those spots up. Even if it's not for players to help you out, look at who your opponents might be. Anticipate who they might need. Pick up those players. Get ahead of them. Maybe an extra defense. Maybe an extra kicker. Block them if you have extra roster spaces. Consolidate your roster. You know what roster you want to have to go win a championship. Consolidate it. Free up spots to try to block your other opponents. Actually play the game. Be the best manager. That's what we're going to be all about. And we'll get into more about that tomorrow and Thursday when we preview week 14. But for now, I hope you guys all enjoyed the show. Make sure you tune back in at 10 p.m. Eastern, Wednesday through Friday, the rest of this week for our new content. Of course, our two preview shows and the Cashing Friday show on, you guessed it, Friday. I'll be back tomorrow with Danielle Dubois, and we will have Brian Scott. We will not have Brian Scott for Thursday, so we're going to do a full injury report, I believe, with him tomorrow. And then Thursday, we'll have Chris Dahauer on the show, as well as Friday, and then Chaz Florida, the second half on Friday show. So make sure you're subscribing to our YouTube channel, and make sure you're staying up to date with us on the go with your favorite podcast app. And we'll see you guys tomorrow night. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.